0: It's the Underpowered Hour on this week's show. We talk about the Queen's Platinum Jubilee and all the Land Rovers involved. And then we're joined by Land Rover legend Jeff Aronson to talk about all things Rovers Magazine and Land Rover Collecting. Now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at the or check us out on Instagram at The Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss.
1: Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the I'm the leaky hub seal to Stephen's pre-lubricated sealed bearings I'm the inadvertent lane change of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started.
0: All right, Ike. Well this has been, uh, uh a, a rousing, uh, past week with, uh, the, uh, Wait, the queen. Did you her... say arousing? It has been an arou- arousing, <laughs> a rousing and arousing because I'll tell you what, nothing says arousing like, uh, Queen Elizabeth's the queen. platinum <laughs> Jubilee celebration. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, we can all agree on that. Certainly growing up in Canada, we have a reverence for her majesty that, uh, that rivals, uh, our counterparts, uh, I- back in, uh, in great Britain. So, uh, it's been a big week. Uh, A huge week for uh, land rovering and British cars uh, in uh, the UK as well. There was a great big... Parade uh, over this uh, over this past weekend, uh, celebrating uh, Her Majesty, and we've got, uh, of course, uh, Nick Dimbleby on uh, on location as uh, he was there in the thick of it, taking uh, amazing uh, Land Rover photos. Michael Bishop was there, uh, driving uh, amazing uh, old Land Rovers, and uh, uh, likely every other listener to the podcast was uh, was there in in some respect. They had they rolled out Huey, uh, and they rolled out all the way to the new Defender One Hundred and Thirty. So, like a whole uh basically nearly seventy five years of land Rovers uh there well I suppose because it's uh forty seven uh, there was a whole uh there was a seventy five years of land rovers uh there so pretty cool it
1: was neat yeah, my understanding is they led the parade of vehicles with the land Rovers and uh it uh, was quite a lot of work to get them all uh there and ready and uh you know quite a bit of celebration uh on uh, many of the land forms by a lot of the enthusiasts you yeah. know flying their union jacks and so forth being an American, I don't understand uh, the celebration of uh, royalty, uh, but uh, it's not for me to judge.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. Uh, it's it's like uh, a president; it just never changes, uh, sort of. And is I that a good been, thing? Is that well, a good there's, thing? There's been some presidents that would say it was, but uh, we'll leave that. <laughs> that's an, uh, that's another show entirely. I- <laughs> you know, there was a uh, there was an F pace from. Uh, do you know? Do you know Nandi Bashel? Do you know who that uh, who that is? The uh, the kid drummer. She uh, like befriended Dave Grohl over the internet uh, during the uh, pandemic. Uh, apparently, she had a special edition uh, F pace. It was like a, a hybrid F pace that they had uh, rolled out for her. They had the Dang. Bond cars there. Michael Bishop brought a, a Land Rover that was all smashed up by a Bond movie, which is which is one of his favorite things. We saw and, that in person. Yeah, it was we like
1: did. in yeah. the. Yeah, in the uh, on the uh, carousel. It was uh, oh, I don't at, think they brought uh,
0: that one. I think that one was too. They would brought the defender that was also. Oh, they brought up. the defender. Yeah, 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 I don't think yeah, that yeah. thing drives. I don't think. I think the queen would have been like, "What the hell is going drives? on there?" I'm pretty Maybe sure he does. said he drove Maybe it he there. Oh no, he did. He drive it, yeah, it was just. Yeah, we should have taken that down to dinner. That uh, that would have been the right to move there. But yeah, yeah no, a lot it was of cars cool.
1: that would snap like smashed in a Bond film that are like, they don't fix them. I don't. know. They don't fix them. No. Well, once they're
0: smashed, they're collectible that's the thing it's like a those are i wish smashes. i had that job just <laughs> yeah, right? making
1: things more valuable by smashing them <laughs> i want that job
0: well there you go hey i mean podcast used could be uh, the new you know the new screen used yeah you never know at one point the freelander is going to be you know uh, worth literally tens of dollars i mean just tens by of dollars just this by this is the
1: freelander that burned down steven's house <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't park it inside for that reason. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, so it looks pretty cool over there and uh yeah, lots of great uh, all yeah. of our favorite Instagram accounts were posting all kinds of great stuff. Uh mm-hmm. of course, like I said, the Dimbleby out there, uh you know, getting these amazing uh, amazing it's photos as not always. Not a um,
1: photograph of a Land Rover if it wasn't taken by Nick Dimblebee. That's
0: Exactly right. That's exactly. Right. Well, speaking of, uh it's not a Land Rover. Uh if not our good friend, uh Jeff Aronson and Land Rover North America legend. Certainly uh, the Rover magazine, as uh, Jeff has been the editor of for 22 years, uh, is an icon here in the, uh, in the United States for those of uh, our listeners. Uh, now up to 20% of our listeners in the UK uh, are uh, not familiar with uh, the uh, local uh, Land Rover, one of the two big parts dealers here in the uh, United States. has a Rover's North has a magazine, Rover's Magazine, and uh, Jeff has been the uh, editor of that magazine uh, for quite a while and is a staple of the uh, Land Rover community, certainly on the East Coast, but I think he's known, he's known na- nationwide and I would say uh, across our whole uh, great continent here as we uh, were very fond of the Rover's newsletter in uh, uh, Canada as well. And so, uh, yeah, we finally... Pretty soon we'll uh,
1: have the Jeff Aronson Platinum Jubilee.
0: I can't wait. I'm. I'm certainly. I'm ready to bring a smashed up Bond car to that uh, platinum, Julia. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm ready to go. We'll smash up a car just for that, just for the event. So, uh, without further ado, let's get uh, let's get Jeff on the uh, show and uh, chat about uh, uh, everything that he's been up. To. I heard that uh, that he uh, he had just been uh, called out to some sort of an emergency. So uh, so hopefully he's back uh, in time. We'll uh, we'll try to get him on the and uh, uh, in, into the podcast apparatus here. Uh, see if we uh, we get a hold of him.
1: All right. This is going to be great.
0: All right. And we're here with Jeff Aronson, world-famous Land Rover journalist, uh, supplier of uh, parts uh, uh, worldwide or certainly across uh, North America at uh, Rovers North, and... Uh, life-saving uh, EMS uh, there in your local township. So, uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. We are so incredibly glad to have you. Such a big fan of uh, of uh, your work, of your body of work, and uh, and yeah, thanks uh, thanks for joining us.
2: Well, thank you very much, Steve, for the invitation. It's really very generous of you, both in your commentary and to ask me to participate. Uh, Ike, it is great to see you. It's been a couple of years. Since uh, the Four by Five Festival when we first met. But uh, I certainly want to yeah. tout the fact that my. Series Land Rovers uh, at times need to go right to the original source of pangolin four x four. So thank you.
1: Well, I'm uh, glad to be able to help uh, help you. You know, you've uh, been uh, a pillar of the Land Rover community, and not only that, yeah. I hear you just uh, fought off a rabid dog to uh, save uh, <laughs> an, an ailing person. <laughs> So uh, I, uh, there's very little that I could do to, to would compare to your exploits, but uh, I'm super glad to be able to help keep your land Rovers on the road anyway. Thank you
2: very much.
0: Yeah, if someone needs help uh, there in, uh, in uh, Southern Oregon, uh, they make sure to say, make sure you don't send Ike. Anyone, anyone else's? Speeches, don't please don't send. Uh, we're in real trouble here. We we need we need someone to help. So Jeff, at that, uh, we you know we sort of start off with the uh, this sort of obligatory uh, why Land Rover of all the brands in the world. Uh, why is it that you have uh, chosen the Green Oval as your uh, brand of choice?
2: Very good question. Uh, maybe a longer answer than anyone wants to listen to. But I need to go back to my childhood. My father was born and raised in Boston, served in the Merchant Marine, both during World War II and afterwards. And that's where he met my British mom, who uh, Mm. never fully explained exactly how she met a sailor in port. Uh, that's an unanswered story. right? <laughs> yeah. She took left it on gray, said, yeah. <laughs> left I have yeah. no idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just know what I see in the movies. Mm-hmm. So at any rate, um, right. she was the only one to emigrate uh, to the U.S. at all. Uh, all of my cousins when they were alive, aunts and uncles were all in the U.K. And they couldn't believe mm-hmm. that she would actually do that. So they assumed she was <laughs> horrifically homesick and therefore sent endless streams of packages with magazines newspapers etc from home many of which featured obviously british automobiles as their advertising that's how i really started an affection for british cars on the opposite side of my family my father's side anything smaller than a buick was considered to be too compact so i went to those extremes but i fell hook line and sinker for Land Rovers, as well as British sports cars. But the Land Rover was the key. And I kept trying to convince them that since Land Rover made a station wagon, that's what we should get instead (laughs) of another large Buick station wagon. Um, I just, there were elements of the vehicle, its shape, its design, its engineering. As I got to know more about them, I became more convinced that that would be for me. But I couldn't actually make that step. Even though I lived and worked in Vermont at the University of Vermont for 17 years Mm -hmm. and Rovers North was in business, they're not Mm -hmm. physically far apart at all. Um, It was not Mm -hmm. a step I could take because I was convinced that I could make an MG or a Triumph an ideal winter car. And I (laughs) trundled along with that for a long time. Finally, uh, to go to shorten the story, in 1991, I decided to leave an institutional world um, and Mm -hmm. go off on my own and freelance myself to all the things that I could never do in an institutional setting, but that I could do if I was willing to live very carefully financially. And that's what prompted, of all things, the purchase of a Land Rover, because I knew that my Mm -hmm. Triumph Spitfire was not going to be the car to get you to an assignment throughout northern New England in the wintertime. And I quickly became known by various uh, agencies that would hire me that I could at least get there and that I was the only one quite willing to drive in miserable weather um, and quite happy to do it. So that was the purchase of my 88, 1966, 88 station wagon called the QE1 by a one-time girlfriend mm-hmm. who thought it was kind of like the great ship. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was an excellent moniker, and it's, it has stuck ever since. Um, it That and a couple of British sports cars have been the fleet, if you will. But the QE1 had took me over 400,000 miles on its current engine and a documented 560,000 wow. miles that I've owned it in the 30s, one wow. years that I've owned it so that was the first one wow, that's great thanks the second land rover is actually a rescue story that we did cover in rovers magazine but i'll share it with mm-hmm. you guys if you didn't see that story it's a 1967 uh, 109 series 2a 109 um, owned by the gentleman a gentleman who actually helped start both the mid-atlantic rally in virginia And the Hmm. then Rover Owners Club of Richmond, which grew into the Rover Owners of Virginia. And both Hmm. the club and the event are still going strong. So this fellow, Bill Rickman, had bought his 109 in 1971 in North Carolina at an import Mm -hmm. car dealer. Uh, near mm-hmm. the lakes regions in North the mountain and lakes regions in North Carolina, he uh, mm-hmm. he passed on. His wife and son were uncertain as to what they wanted to do with it. It had sat dormant for several years in his declining health. By dormant, I mean it sat mm-hmm. in a field and was slowly sinking away. Just like me, yeah, just like Ike is
0: sitting in a field, uh, slowly, uh, slowly deteriorating. That's uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We'll have to rescue Ike then. So, uh, Yeah, one of the, these days. <laughs> so the family agreed that Ralph Sarek of Sarek Auto Works and a couple of club members could at least take the vehicle out of the field to mm-hmm. nearby Richmond, where it at least would be in a paved parking lot. And then they could mm-hmm. decide what they would do. The car would be in better shape, if you will, whatever was left of it. And it really was quite a wreck. Uh, not Damaged, but rusting, corroding. Every seal is gone and so on. Motor seized. So exactly what to do with it, they did not know. My entrance to the story is at the Mid-Atlantic rally of 2018, where upon stopping at Serac Auto Work on my way back from the event so I could fly out of Richmond, I came across mm-hmm. in the back lot of Serac Auto Works, two blue marine blue uh series 109 series 2a 109s station wagons one of
1: them and you were looking you were looking for a car at this time
2: no no i wasn't looking for anything i was looking for a ride to the airport is what i was looking for but (laughs) (laughs) but i saw i mean how often do you see two 109s at all and how often are they the same color? yeah and more importantly Mm -hmm. One of them looked like it had just come out of, say, one Ike, one of your restorations. That's not mine. Mm. <laughs> one of them looked more like before. So there was a before mm-hmm. and after moment. What Ralph explained was that the owners of the very, very beautiful mm-hmm. repainted marine blue 109 station wagon had brought it back. Mm-hmm. It's right-hand drive. Had brought it back from Zambia, where they were stationed with the State Department. And they, loved, they drove it through mm. Africa, and they loved it. They did not want to give it up, but they really wanted to modernize it. So could it have a coil-sprung disc brake chassis? Could it have a Rover V8? Could it be an automatic? Mm-hmm. And Ralph's answer was, yes, if you know, we can do this if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they said, well, you know, Ralph gave them an estimate, and they said, well, that's understandable, but... Wouldn't it be nice if we could sell the frame and drivetrain to somebody who was also looking to refurbish a 109? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Ralph told me that story. And he, I took on that look of people who are watching infomercials to save puppies <laughs> at night, late at night. And, you know, the puppy has big eyes and it's just looking right at you with his muzzle and all you want to do is go in, adopt it. yeah so ralph knew he had a live one <laughs> and sure enough sure enough i left there saying i've always wanted a 109 and it's true i have always <laughs> wanted a 109 i yeah. don't know why yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't have 10 friends so you know who's gonna ride in <laughs> i have no idea um <laughs> But uh, we struck a deal with the family that really wanted to see it refurbished but wasn't going to do it itself and struck a deal with the owners of the very beautiful 109. Uh, And in turn, Mm -hmm. that 1976 engine, that Series 3 transmission and Mm drivetrain and frame were rolled under the 109 that I own, the one that you see sometimes in the magazine. And and that one… That one was painted at the factory in 1967 and hasn't been touched since. How Awesome. Very awesome. Wow.
1: Must have been hard to get that motor in there without touching it.
2: (laughs) I leave that to Sarah. So they did a beautiful job. (laughs) Oh,
1: Nice. He put that in for you. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. They, he also, I, uh, you know, was able to put those two cars side by side and, you know, sort of. uh oh, look Ralph what you knew could have
2: exactly what he had. This is he's a very <laughs> intelligent, intuitive guy. He knew he had a sucker yeah. the minute I walked over there, and I would, I think I was <laughs>
1: grooming over them.
2: Is what it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, well, and how know.
1: long? How long have you had this car?
2: Uh, we finished it for the 2019 mar and i i drove it so relatively recently relatively recent, exactly i drove it home mm-hmm. back here to maine just got in it fr- i drove it to mm-hmm. mar 500 miles from richmond uh back and forth and then drove it home to maine um the line that awesome. you might appreciate So oh, the guys who so i live on an island live and work on an island off the coast of maine called vinyl haven mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. ferry people are used to seeing my vehicles and they're somewhat unique in their eyes and Mm -hmm. when i drove up with the 109 rickman the 109 i named it in honor of the previous owner um the the crew member who was loading me guiding me onto the ferry said don't tell me you've bought this one They're like these aren't
0: these aren't seaworthy uh Jeff you need to stop uh yeah you need to stop this uh, I don't understand They didn't uh, believe they were roadworthy. <laughs> I yeah that's right. I think the you know that's it's great. Yeah. So it's a patina. Wonderful vehicle. I love it.
1: Yeah, in addition to the two Land Rovers that you have, you also have I believe a Triumph TR7,
2: the Wedge, is that correct? Yes. It is. Uh I have three Land Rovers. I have a 97 Discovery that I also rescued mm, mm-hmm. down in Maryland and brought home. So um, that mm-hmm. one is named after Tony Gilroy, the man, former managing director of Land Rover. Yeah. who Under whose watch the discovery was created. That's and, right. Yeah, and that's right. There are many who argue that it was the discovery that actually kept the company financially viable because it was a huge sales success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It got them to the Freelander, which, as we know, has <laughs> set the tone for the modern Land Rovers. So Unfortunately, not, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I yeah. say they well, sold I can, I can speak,
0: uh, like John now, I can speak disparagingly of the Freelander because uh, we are, like and I can, uh, I, uh, proud Freelander owners. Of course, the official underpowered our company <laughs> car is a uh, 19, or, uh, I'm sorry, a 2004 G4 edition Freelander uh, that broke down in the first uh, 15 minutes. Of owning it, so it's uh yeah. We're part. I was the not
1: consulted on the purchase of that, nor have executive, I seen or driven decision. this car. Executive yeah. decisions. So. <laughs> I'm just yeah. forced. It's for- Freelander ownership has been forced upon me. Apparently,
2: yeah. yeah, it's great. I
1: think that's the reason he
2: bought it. That it's- is. Every so often, somebody working at headquarters in Land Rover, when I'm down there, will say, "Hey, look, we came across a stash of these. We know you would like them." Mm. So I now have what might be the largest collection of Freelander. Pins and pens. <laughs> Ooh. So if I could send one to you, Steve, if you would like to adorn the vehicle with an official Land Rover Freelander oh my God. pin...
0: I would uh, love that. Uh, We will, uh, we are, uh, we're changing the G4 sponsorship just a little uh, to more effectively uh, mirror the podcast. Uh, So we, uh, we are, for instance, uh, going to have the fine people at Nando's uh, sponsor the, uh, the car and uh, a couple of other things. So uh, we would be more uh, than happy, uh, honored in fact, to, uh, to get some uh, of your, uh, of your gear in there. You can always, you know, uh, rovers North is welcome to uh, sponsor, the Freelander, which what's with uh, what I'm, sure is $40,000 of parts in the next couple of years that will likely run through that thing. So no problem. No problem. It's worth it simply for the advertising. I think it's a great investment. Uh, uh, for anyone, but on that uh, speaking yes. of uh, our good friends uh, at uh, at rover 's North back at the home office uh, there, so where did your uh, affiliation uh, with rover 's North uh, start? Uh, I know that uh, the, you were obviously in the area. It sounds like right around the time that Land Rover pulled out of uh, North America, and uh, rover 's North decided that uh, that the the need was there and uh, to set up shop and uh, um, you know, of course, we've been, every Land Rover owner, I think, has been getting Land, uh, Rovers North catalogs for decades. So uh, so what was your, what sort of started that relationship with you and, and Rovers North? And then we'll sort of talk about how that developed into, um, you know, your uh, work on the Rovers magazine. Okay. So uh,
2: I did not own a Land Rover during my years working at the University of Vermont, because as I had suggested, I was firmly convinced that just like the rally drivers of say the monte carlo rally were able to make british sports cars zoom across snowy roads that i could do that right um people who did own land rovers uh, and in burlington vermont where the university is located there were only two dealers in the whole state at the time for land rover one of them was this fabulous buick dealer it was buick and land rover which Mm. is the least likely combination Mm for the time so you know these right. white belt white shoe madras panted um sales guys <laughs> would also be the ones to contact about your land rover so and, and so i did not at the time it wasn't until 1991 as i said that I actually got mine but that being said i knew of rovers north because people would tell me at the university why are you pushing an mg to try and get it to start in cold weather a midget at that why don't you own a land rover like i do and they had great stories and they had wonderful connections with rovers north so couldn't have been more complimentary mm-hmm. and if you remember the last days of british Leyland, uh, officially in the u.s the pats distribution was even worse than it was when they were Healthy. So the fact that Rovers North could get PATS was fabulous because I yeah. couldn't get parts or anything. Yeah. Um but that being yeah. said, I immediately got their first back when they had a PATS guide and the newsletter was literally mm-hmm. mimeographed. Remember Mimeographs? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, it, for your younger listeners, a mimeograph is a primitive form of printing, just a step up from yeah. Gutenberg's Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> I think some of those are collectible now, Jeff. Some of those old uh, Rover's North uh, newsletters—you newsletters. Uh, yeah. know—they're definitely, uh, yeah. It's, there's some neat stuff out there. Now, I, I know you guys are, are sort of have some of that stuff online. Is 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 any of those really really old ones in the sort of digital archive or or did that, that start a little bit later?
2: No, it started later. It, it, it's something that we, that Thompson Smith, the creative director for Rover's North and the art director for the magazine, yeah. it's something he tries to do when mm-hmm. he has some extra time. We do have a pretty oh, right. good archive of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and there were a few people ahead of me in terms of doing this. As a customer starting in 91, yeah. Ike, you'll appreciate this. I was the customer who called one day to say i've just uh, i'm having brake problems so i just remove the rear drum on one side and i want to know what grease should i apply to the drum to replace the grease that's there (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Yeah. that's uh, that's important
2: i'm firmly convinced (laughs) that there's a whiteboard at rovers north with a title printed on it stupid questions that jeff has asked <laughs> and I'm sure they just hide the board when I. It's up, now yeah. a
0: bronzed. Uh, I believe it's a bronzed. Uh, it's a bronzed uh, statue. Uh, the plaque underneath. Uh, it's it's quite nice. Yeah, I think Eric's got it there in the back somewhere. It is a uh, yeah. I've uh, I've I've heard of it. It's it's uh, yeah. Well, it's sort of like an Academy Award. But uh, but no no of course. Uh, I think we've all we've all wondered that. How do these brakes work with all this grease in here? Well, it's, well they don't. That's uh, yeah yeah exactly.
1: Well, exactly. No, I mean, so, it's, it's, it's correction for the the steering pulling. To one
2: side, you've got a grease, the grease the opposite side brake to so make sure that it stops
0: straight. It's just nice and straight. Then no,
2: no well, at least I wanted also. to have, I wanted to have clean grease. I should get some points for just wanting to, to change out the grease in the brake drum. But
0: that started um, not wanting to defer maintenance. I mean, that's a, that's <laughs> the hallmark of a good Land Rover owner. You know, yeah.
2: So that started my regular phone calls back when that was the way you reach Rovers North. You called them. Uh, I yeah. called them from the road. Yeah. I was using my Rover mm-hmm. upwards of 20 to 25,000 miles a year, and not in commuting, but in driving all over northern New England for work. So, I packed a toolbox and over time the engine that came with the vehicle, I bought it at 111,000 miles. By about 160, it was starting to uh, really bl- have a lot of blow by such that I was mm-hmm. getting about 80 miles a quart of oil. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty substantial oil
1: oil oil, consumption.
2: That was substantial. substantial. It's like a 200 TDI. (laughs) So uh, I remember I I was having that problem, and I knew they were, as you'll pardon the pun, underpowered, but I didn't think it was that bad. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. then one day, I'm in Peacham, Vermont, so in the northeastern corner of Vermont, and I was doing a job there, and uh, suddenly the engine developed jingle bells. And when I called, Lanny Clark was still with Rovers North at the time. And Lanny suggested Mm -hmm. that I gently drive the car across the state. If the noise got worse, just pull over and have it towed to us. But you should bring it into the shop. We'll happily look at it. So they did. And that's where they found the broken piston rings. What Mm -hmm. happened, though, was that that replacement of the piston rings helped things for a while, but it really needed a total refresh the engine needed. So it was maybe a year later, yeah, two so years later, engine. yeah, that um, I decided to bite the bullet and I would buy a Rover's North rebuilt engine. Um, so I drove mm-hmm. over there um, and after receiving the bill said to Mike um, Latterney, uh, that's sort of all the money I have. I hope you need a writer for your newsletter. <laughs> well, they did, and I had been a freelance writer for many yeah. years, so um, so they have did have been out.
1: working off the bill for that engine for the last <laughs> several decades, 20,
0: 22 years? It's been indentured servitude. This is a big uh, it's a big violation. Some, some major revelations coming out here, Jeff. That's uh, yeah, it's been uh, that's a one hell of an engine job, Jesus. Poor Jeff, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'd probably only make you edit the podcast for like 11 years, uh, tops, you know, like that's uh, yeah.
2: I'm planning on on burning the parchment that identifies that I'm no longer indentured to Rover's North within the next 10 years. So uh, at any rate, (laughs) uh, he did need a writer. And a year later, about 1995, the editor left, who was a a, a sales guide at Rover's North. He and his wife edited the newsletter, Mm -hmm. left. And I asked Mark, I said, I know I live in Maine. I know it's always been done at your shop. But is it possible for you to consider me doing this remotely? He said, we'll give it a try. And that it has yeah. been on that basis ever since. So I have been a contract. So you're right? still yeah, in yeah,
1: a probationary yeah. period. I'm
2: still in the probationary yeah. period and servitude, right? With Ro Yeah, almost Bart. out. <laughs> almost out
0: of that probationary period. Mark's gonna very soon here. I think he's going to make a decision, uh, pro or con. Uh, maybe I think it's looking good for you, though, Jeff. I think uh, Do I, I, you know, Steve, uh, we're use uh, for Ro our Ford, vote, one hundred
2: percent. Yeah. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Yeah, I was, so, yeah. If you need me to make a call, I'm happy to do it. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Excellent. So um, over the time with the newsletter, it just seemed like there was always way more content that we could be putting in and to rovers North's mm-hmm. full credit. Uh, they have made the investment to first uh, take it out of a sort of 12 page or you know, 12 page newsletter and put it into a sort of magazine mm-hmm. format. It grew to, 48 pages mm-hmm. on newsprint for a few years and then grew into yep. the 96 page magazine about uh, 2000 or so 2001 and I have so I have been editing for yeah, fantastic Rover's North since 1995 Wow.
0: That is amazing, and what a great! I mean, it is one of those uh, sort of staples of North American Land Rover culture. I mean, certainly up in Canada, uh, you know, we would get uh, the newsletter and uh, we would get the catalogs, and uh, I attribute the line drawings of all of the different models of Land Rovers in the front of the magazine to my desire to have a check mark beside each one of those <laughs> as I uh, as I own them. I'm getting pretty close. Uh, I'm getting yeah, yeah, embarrassingly I mean, cool. getting pretty close. Uh, there's that stupid two B out in Las Vegas. It's uh, one I don't <laughs> own, so uh, yeah, I'm not going to buy that one, even though it meets the orange Land Rover criteria of my yes, curtain uh, string of it's, uh, purchases. But uh, yeah, Land Rover Las Vegas will be so a nice compliment. The yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, I've actually seen that car. The Land Rover Vegas guys are friends, and uh, and I've seen it. it's very interesting. It's got a little bar built into the side of it with a TV, yeah. and uh, yeah. it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting unit. Uh, That they have, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, no, I think that uh, obviously the you know the the work that you guys have done with the magazine, it's fantastic. It does a great job of collecting this sort of North American Rover culture and uh, distilling it down into one place, so that we can we can all see, especially us here on the West Coast, we can see what all the East Coast clubs uh, are up to. It's a it's a lot of uh, you know that's where I get my Mar news and the Winter Rom, all those sort of things is is by reading uh, Rovers uh, you know uh, magazine. And uh, and we and we love it. And then there's always some part in the back where I'm like, oh yeah, you know what? I would actually do need that one of those. And uh, so then a, a quick a quick call to the guys. And, so uh, I still I would, call frequently uh, when I when I need something. Yeah, so I, yeah no, I, I, I also yeah. enjoy
2: the phone call. I do too, and and the guys do. The women do. Uh, I want to put a pitch in right now to West Coast uh, clubs to um, West Coast enthusiasts. It uh it's like pulling teeth for me to sometimes get stories from there. Very much wanna have them. Right. Our creative director, Thompson Smith, mm-hmm. moved for family reasons out to his home mm-hmm. area of South Lake Tahoe. So Yeah, he's that's right. To, he is in Tahoe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we are very much seeking to get more California, Pacific Northwest, and we've certainly We've covered Doug Shipman over the years up, um, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in uh, Portland. We've covered the Northwest Challenge at times. But it Mm -hmm. is just harder, it seems, to get those connections from the clubs and or the enthusiast owners with great stories. Uh, These are the people that I'll often meet, uh, you know, at Texas events or something like that. I suppose it just means I'll have to – get myself out to the west coast and um, you do and
0: and uh, let us be the first to uh to say uh you've got to come out here to uh to my shop here in los angeles and uh i will uh extend the invitation on x behalf up there at pangolin uh as well anytime uh in fact if you're heading up uh to washington we'll do a bob ives style uh run in uh in some (laughs) of the in the great pangolin fleet uh that would be a fun time to do that or again come down come down here and drive any number of orange uh, or yellow Land Rovers. We have a we have a plethora of them, so
1: we can we can show you uh, some models of Land Rover that maybe you've never seen before, Jeff, some with their original chassis with no rust.
2: <laughs> it's true. No, it's amazing. I know We're it seems that. like it's impossible. <laughs> New England <eats laughs> we hope- for breakfast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now we have harsh. all of these uh all of these dried husk sandy Land yeah. Rovers out here with uh, with uh with no uh, no rust at all. Of course, all of the paint has been sandblasted off of them uh over the course of the uh, years between the 120 degree constant sunlight and the uh, sand, but uh but it's still it's an interesting patina, it's a little different, you know. It's the uh it's totally you know, it's different. the yeah, it's the dried out uh, cousin of the East Coast uh Land Rover. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor.
2: Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply.
0: And now back to the show. Over the course of all of the years, and before I yeah. move on, I, I will again, I will commit the Southern California Rover Club uh, to absolutely giving you an article for our upcoming uh, Rover Rendezvous event in October. I will, uh, I will commit the board to doing that uh, now. So we'll, we'll we'll make sure we we start feeding you with some with some East Coast, and I'm sure that the uh, our, our friends up in Northern California will get you some Rovicon uh, stuff as uh, as well. So we'll we're going to whip them uh, into uh, in, into get. Uh, Getting you some more material because yeah, we'd love to see some more West Coast uh, West Coast stories in the, yes, in the so magazine. I. But that being said. Yeah, you have had such an incredible, uh, you know, sort of opportunity to uh, be with Land Rover and uh, Land Rover owners for all of these uh, years' worth of interesting events. Like you said, met Ike at Four by Far, and I know you've been involved in the, the more recent stuff, a trek and uh, and the Land Rover Trophy. So, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. What an interesting place that you find yourself—that you're sort of in the uh, in the loop with Land Rover. Unlike Ike and I, who have been asked to uh, never come to another uh, Land Rover <laughs> event again after uh, Joe was uh, suplexed by uh, Wyclef Jean. Uh, yeah, well, I, that was I your idea, ever. wasn't it? I'm it was. Sure I was like, was... Wyclef, I think this is the perfect time for a piggyback. I just didn't think he was going to do it. I didn't think he was going to do it. But, I, so, but again, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've apologized to Joe on a number of occasions, and he still, he still yeah. won't return my phone calls. So that's that's not true. I'm <laughs> but, uh,
2: anyway, I, he's so, fine. He's made a full recovery. Full recovery. Yes, he has. I saw him. I actually... Poo pod, why? Why should I go to the uh, this Range Rover, you know, leadership summit? Little did I know mm-hmm. that Wycliffe Jean and Joe were going to uh, entertain themselves in a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah, uh, I missed out. Yeah, absolutely, greatest event ever. absolutely. Oh, um, well, you really, I, really I did. It's, it's, too it's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the the interesting part of the corporate experience for me is to see the influence of clubs and enthusiast groups, formal or informal clubs, but groups that have finally convinced Land Rover that, at least to me, that uh, if you want to market the vehicle to a wide audience, that audience needs to go beyond the spa and resort crowd. So it's the club events. It's the South Central Area Texas Sky Rally mm-hmm. uh, out in East Texas yep. every year. It's the rover owners of Virginia's Mid-Atlantic Rally. It's mm-hmm. the Old North State and the Carolina Rover Clubs that they do at the Uhari National Forest every year. Um, yep. It's the Maine Winter Romp. These events are getting 100 hundred to 150 land rovers, so 250 yep. to 300 people each time. And the more that we sent these magazine articles and copies to Jaguar Land Rover headquarters, I think the more they came to see, and particularly with the return of the defender, that this would be unnatural for them to reestablish that defender name. Now, there's plenty yeah. of argument and um some divisiveness, but plenty of argument over the new defender and its relationship to the heritage defender that we all love. But that being said, what, what is your,
1: what is your opinion on that subject?
2: (laughs) So I, my opinion is that as a single guy who is not, who thinks that a lap belt is a good safety measure and it does not have to worry about, uh, what significant others living through an accident, children living through an accident. Mm-hmm. My series Land mm-hmm. Rover is wonderful, but I've also mm-hmm. driven the new ones on highways as I've driven my mm-hmm. old one on the highways. And um, you need a vehicle to cope with today's highway and driving conditions and general driving conditions. Um, yeah, I, you know, I should be able to receive some kind of phone call or verbal text message while I'm driving without having to pull over to the breakdown lane to look at my phone. <laughs> right. Right. Um, like you like you're riding go, a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Right. And of course motorcycles can do this now. So why shouldn't cars yeah, So yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. And and the other side of this is the regulatory environment that Land Rover has to operate mm-hmm. in. You know, I can decry mm-hmm. all of the connectivity, all of the cameras, all of the LiDAR. I can decry it all I want, but you can't sell a new 1990s Defender anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, you can't sell it officially. You can have one refurbished, mm-hmm. restored, etc., but you sure, can't bring sure. one into yeah, the marketplace. Yeah. You just no, can't. No.
1: Th- this is all true, but uh, you know, other manufacturers are working under the same constraints. Theoretically. And uh, one might argue that uh, you know, for example, the the Galanda wagon looks yep. more like a classic Galanda wagon, mm-hmm. or um, you know, a Jeep the- Wrangler maybe looks more like its predecessors than uh, the Land Rover Defender. What what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, it, it, so you've raised an interesting couple of examples. So my first thought on the on the G wagon, the Galanda wagon, is mm-hmm. that it looks awful. It's square, I grant you that. It's okay. But sure. in inside yeah. it is a Mercedes. Because yeah, sure. people who spend a yeah. hundred and twenty, hundred and forty thousand dollars on one do not want yeah. to have a nineteen eighties interior. So yeah. you know yeah. so it yes, it looks fine from the outside, but that's just that's just pretend to me. Uh, it's every bit as complicated, mm-hmm. every bit as electronically controlled as any new Mercedes is. And bless their hearts, but Mercedes mm-hmm. hasn't mm-hmm. had a, a good run of of reliability in terms of their electronic systems and their software systems for a long mm-hmm. time. It's been many years now.
0: Yeah, uh, But yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, they do. I, I suppose it's a really, it's actually a point that people don't make that often that although they do look, uh, I would say both the, the Ineos Grenadier yes. and even yep. to be, to be totally honest, sort of the new, the Jeep as well. Um, they do look much closer to their predecessors. The DNA line is a little closer, but from a, from an engine management and from all of that sort of business, they're, in many ways just as complicated to, or are are just as complicated as a modern car right. certainly in glende wagon uh, with the totally led dash and everything it's, it's very complicated it is
2: and and you know <laughs> a part of what the g-wagon is a very very subsidiary uh production model for mercedes it, it as yeah. long as people will buy them i mean they farm them out they're not even made institute in, in uh, germany they're right. made yeah elsewhere yeah. and which is fine but they they farm the whole thing out.
1: They they've always been made by Pook, I think, since yes, they exactly. were uh, yeah. since they yeah. st- started building them, they've always been made by Pook. I agree. Yeah. Um, They're even badged it, as Pook in Europe.
2: In Europe, yeah. I did not yeah. know that. That's very interesting, yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: yeah, when you're when you're in Europe, you see them driving around as
2: Pooks. Pooks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a part of me that just says, "Okay, so it's a, is it a styling issue or is it really the essence of Land Rover, so the essence of Land Rover is, frankly, field repairability and durability. And um, Mm -hmm. newer vehicles simply aren't showing, certainly not showing any field repairability unless it's a software problem instead of a hardware problem. And they're not showing a whole lot of durability relative, uh, simply because they're too new. I want to know what one's going to be like 10 years from now or 20 years from now. My Land Rover is a yep. you know is a sixty six yep. and a sixty seven. I want to know what they're going to be like then. But I, I want to take that aside because the fact is, you can't build a even a nineties Defender any longer and meet any ability to sell it, even in Europe, okay. for goodness sakes. So you
0: couldn't you couldn't even really do that in the '90s. To be fair, it was a little bit of a workaround yeah. to get it. To, uh, you it know, there's totally a reason the 110 pretty. had a full external roll cage in order to make yeah. it legal to
2: import it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it was, so, no, that's yeah. that's, a, that's and and the Wrangler. Yeah. The yeah. other side of it is that look, the Jeep Wrangler remains a popular selling vehicle, largely in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and a little bit in Europe. And the larger Jeep, the, the real income for Jeep is not in the Wrangler. It's in the Wagoneers yeah. and Grand Wagoneers and so on. Yeah. That's what attracted yeah. Chrysler. Yeah. The interesting part of the Defender, the new Defender, um, is that even mm-hmm. when I'm not always a fan of every angle and every line and every clever bit of uh, interior decoration or something, I have to say mm-hmm. that it is an enormous seller for Land Rover, and it's not to former Defender owners alone. They're bringing in vast numbers of new enthusiasts. So something works. When I I talk to readers or I meet somebody who has a new Defender in their 20s and 30s uh, in age, in that demographic, Mm -hmm. they love them. They adore them. They think they're striking and they're stunning, and they're so different than what they grew up with um but this is a generation yeah. that believes that my discovery one is an old land rover because that's what <laughs> that's, they right. Were that's right well
0: I subscribe to the idea of just having one of every one of them, and then you don't have to uh, <laughs> decide uh, from the eighty-inch all the way to the new Defender. Um, I like them all for different reasons, you know. Like yeah. uh, I, oh, we're heading up to Overland Expo, which uh, yes, uh, Liza yeah. has reminded me we have to plug. We have to plug us going to Overland Expo. Um, that's a for idea. the Rebel uh, Rally team, and for yes, I, maybe we'll try right. to do another live stream there. We'll have to, we'll have to see. But one hundred percent, we're going to drive the new Defender and not the old Defender. A my old Defender only has two seats in it, so there would be nowhere for my daughter would have to go on the roof rack or something. Uh, and the new Defender has four seats in it, for, so for no other reason. Your
1: daughter always rode on the roof rack. Usually, she prefers
0: <laughs> to ride on the uh, roof rack if she can. Um, you know, she loves to uh, sit in the tire on the uh, hood and uh, drive yeah. around that way, which is the peak of safety here at the Bears Collection, uh, safety third. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, but uh, no, it's I you know I think it's interesting because I think the Defender answers a question that's being asked today, more than it answers a question that was being asked in the 1990s. And, you know, there is a huge market for that. Obviously, I was talking to our good friend Jeremy Hart, uh, as I do Daily Weekly, and uh, he was saying he just traded in his uh, old Defender... Old new defender for a new new defender and uh, and said it, it's nearly two years if you're going to order a custom one from Land Rover yeah. they're so popular in the UK you can't get them here it's the same it's at least eight months to get one here um, and so there's obviously you know huge huge orders for them I think they're uh, they're a neat car again you know I, I having to have every series car ever made I, I guess I had to have one but um, you know they're just uh, you know again they're not to answer the question of the Defender the class Classic Defender. They're answering a different kind of question, and you know, not not everybody's not everybody's going to love that, and uh, and that's okay. There is the Grenadier, if you essentially want, uh, you know, to not buy a Glenda and buy something that is probably as close to a Defender as you're reasonably going to uh, going to get. Uh, you know, uh, the the might have to get a Grenadier as well. It's kind of like another Defender. I don't know. She's mm-hmm. you know,
2: yes, it's body on frame. <laughs> I have to tell you, when Ralph Spate was the CEO for Jaguar Land Rover. And uh, I mm-hmm. was given a list of questions that I was to ask him. So this was probably in 2017 or 18 at the New York Auto Show. Mm-hmm. I was given an interview with him. And the, among mm-hmm. the list of questions is uh, was, um, can you tell me why you moved from a body on frame construction? Now, this fellow had a has a PhD in mechanical and automotive engineering. Yeah.
0: Yeah, super smart guy.
2: And he looked at me as if I was asking Dr. Anthony Fauci why they still don't use leeches in medicals. <laughs> and the look he gave me, and I, I, right. I back to what I said. Yeah. I was told to ask this question. I am not. <laughs> I get it. I know These what... are Land Rover-approved <laughs> questions. This was a trap. <laughs> so, you know, I, there's lots of reasons that you need to up grade, and update how you manufacture a vehicle. If there's one, and, and incidentally, yep. for the Grenadier, it's a great, frankly, a, a great project. It's a vanity project of uh, mm-hmm. Sir James Radcliffe, which yep. is wonderful. 100%. But that yep. but that being said, since essentially it's a pot spin vehicle, yeah, what's going to happen yeah. when you need a pat? Interestingly,
1: you- a part, part spin from MagnaStair, it's yeah, who
2: it's basically Starepuchia,
1: yeah, who has has involvement in the G wagon.
0: It's more or I'm less a G. To- it's funny. It it, sh- it shares way more with the G wagon than it does with any Defender, save maybe a little bit of styling, but uh, and the overbite hood. Um, but it uh, it is yeah, it's more. I've always we've always sort of said we've been saying that it's more G wagon than it is Defender. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a little bit more affordable uh, than the G wagon, and with its uh, you know sharper image. World Radio uh, interior or, or Cessna Cessna
1: 388 internal uh, you know uh, 900 also switches the the so Asuzu Trooper like... rear doors oh, yeah, are, uh, yes, somewhat <laughs>
0: again all I want all I want is a Jimny you know like that's it's, it's, it's a, everything else aside if they would just sell great me that car. damn car in this country I would apple. be I would be more than happy but yeah. Yeah. I I, I kind of wish
1: that Land Rover had uh, kept with the uh, utility market instead of going into the luxury SUV yeah. market but the Reality is, you know, their production capability in terms of numbers to make that a feasible thing to make like a cost-effective utility vehicle. It's like they don't they don't have that, and so they had to go the direction. They were forced to go that direction. If
2: you think back to the series and early ninety one tens, when they were certainly making pickups or quad cab one thirties and so on, but that was a time when there wasn't any real competition for the pickup. In other words, nobody else was really right. making pickups. Suddenly, whether it's right. Nissan, Toyota, etc., are starting to actually manufacture them in the EU or at the time in, in England, the Sunderland plant for Nissan yeah. produced. So now you have pickup trucks that are far more affordable in terms of purchase price. So some of the reason they had to abandon it was because there were finally alternatives. They weren't alternatives prior.
1: Well, they also hadn't invested in the development of those vehicles, you know, uh, to bring them up to that modern standard. They kind of kept uh, pushing them along, <laughs> just pushing make
0: them it along. a little, a little, a little here, incremental a little changes yeah, yeah, over yeah,
1: right. over decades, and and never really a facelift that would have made them competitive.
0: Well, and Jeff, do you think that, like Jeep, like Glenda Vagen, if we had, you know, five models between the the sort of classic Defender, the, the the one that we saw go away in 2016 and the 2019-2021 20, that if there were actually five models in, in that that gap instead of zero models that people would have like the, like the Discovery which up until the Discovery 5 I think people felt the gradual change was fine, obviously a radical redesign to 5, but yeah. between yeah. Discovery 1 and Discovery 4, you didn't yeah. really hear the griping about it because it was incremental and although right. if you put a Discovery 1 next to a Discovery 4 the yeah. changes near as great as it is between the defender and the classic defender, I think people just got used to it over time, right? And uh, you know, it's it's like anything; it's uh, it's when it when it happens gradually, you don't see it.
2: Yeah, but so to offer some thoughts on the utility side, just for a moment, the big utility mm-hmm. market for Land Rover was always the UK itself and the remnants mm-hmm. of the Commonwealth countries. Now, that's right. The, yeah. I mean, because, because that's where the ingrained uh, attitude towards a, mm-hmm. a utility vehicle was going to go Land Rover. But in the 1980s mm-hmm. and 90s, the commodity-based economies in those countries which needed the utility, those commodity-based economies started to really uh, get troubled. And Land Rover's African market just dropped away. So that's where so many of yeah. them were winding up. If they weren't in the UK, they, that's where they were going. And the United mm-hmm. States had already instituted our famous chicken tax tariff. You remember that, right? Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. couldn't – you couldn't Absolutely. bring a pickup into the US at a competitive no. price. It was a we 25 percent – You still can't. You still can't. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Subaru, Subaru
1: managed to evade it by putting two seats in the back. <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 you remember the Subaru Brad? They were they were the same yeah. team that so you sat in in elementary school, and they bolted them to the back yeah. bed. Yeah, and that's how they and it, it worked. And it worked. It worked as long as you didn't have to sit. But um, but that was those were serious issues, and Land Rover never had the capital to go do what Nissan and Toyota did, Mitsubishi, uh, even Mitsubishi for a while. They lined up with Ford, yeah. so the Ford Ranger. Could be It could be brought in under a Ford name or you build a plant here. Yeah. So the Frontier is made here. The Tacoma is made here. Land Rover could never do that. It never had those resources to actually put a plant in the U.S. Yeah. Which So that's how you yeah. could go for a pickup. And so the problem yeah. is, is there enough of a market for Land Rover to create a pickup version, which instead would be um, a pickup version that would actually be feasible economically not against you know not against uh the very expensive but very competitive product that is sold by general motors ford and ram yeah so that to me i think that's why you know as much as we would like to see one i think that's why we're not
0: in conclusion as i know you're you're a a casual listener to the show uh we we certainly couldn't let you go without ike's World famous uh, lightning round uh, set of questions, which uh, have uh, you know have foiled even the most steadfast of uh, of Land Rover uh, enthusiasts. So I will uh, I will hand it over to Ike to uh, wrap up today uh, with the lightning round.
1: Okay. Are you familiar with the lightning round? It's basically just uh, short questions with uh, short answers. Okay. So uh, here we go. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Leafs or coil springs? Leaf springs. All right. All right. Mud or sand?
2: Mm. Ooh. <sighs> I'm going to say both damage. I'm going to have to. And this
1: is for driving, not for eating. Yeah,
2: no, I'm going to have to say sand.
1: Sand. All right. All right. Sand. I, yeah, I would have I expected mud being from New England, but.
2: Uh, right. No, it's sand because mud is so damaging to the vehicles here. It so my is, preference it sure is, is.
1: <laughs> Soft top or hard top?
2: <gasps> Ooh, I do both. Um, does hard top include. Both is, re- a,
1: is a legitimate answer.
2: Both is me. Yeah, I'm both. I, kid. I take it off. I put the both. Safari top back on for the winter, and I run a soft top in the summer on the 88.
1: Yep. That's a very acceptable answer. Compass Good. or GPS?
2: Ooh. I live on an island with, with occasional failure of cell service, so I have to go with Compass. Mm,
1: yes. Compass. Right on. Gas or diesel?
2: Oh, gas. Diesels are too complicated for me. <laughs>
1: And the best way to deal with gear oil
2: in your underwear. Find a friend and say, hey, you've never removed this before. (laughs) <laughs> Find a
0: friend
1: perfect answer. Also
0: also great dating advice uh from uh, <laughs> Jeff ironson uh, there you go. So the same same rule applies. Well Jeff, thank you six so out of six much for Jeff. We really really appreciate your time and uh joining us uh here and uh again uh, we'd love to see you out here on uh, on the uh, the fairer coast and uh, we'll take you for a, a land Rover experience uh, to rival those of a, a piggyback ride uh, from Sean. so uh, certainly uh, <laughs> anytime you find yourself on the west coast you have a home here uh, with us and uh, again thanks for coming on and uh, and let's uh, let's do this again uh, sometime soon because I feel like we've just very very lightly scratched the uh, surface of the uh, of the Aaron and a uh, salon of, uh, of stories. <laughs> Thanks
2: again, Jeff. Thank you very much for the honor of being on the show. I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work and yes, I would love to do this again. Thank you.
0: Grand. All right. All right. Cheers for now. Have a great night. Take all care. right. You too. Thanks to both of you. You
2: guys, take care.
0: All right. Well, again, I mean, I don't think there's a there's not enough time uh, to get all of the amazing stories that Jeff has. He is another such episode. a... Another uh, episode. Another episode for sure. Uh, without yeah. question. Such a, such a fun guy to talk to. Uh, full of so many fantastic uh, stories uh, and it uh, has just been you know around the Land Rover community for for uh, such a good uh, amount of time that uh, yeah he's he's uh, chock full of them so again hopefully we'll have Jeff out here at some point in the future and uh, we'll take him for a ride in uh, in the undisputed uh, king of Land Rovers the
1: one uh, of these days right I'm gonna learn how to read and I'll be able to read his articles it's yeah gonna be it's great. gonna
0: be great I mean we're working on it you're getting there you know some real uh, you know part numbers no problem it's just uh, the the I don't I don't don't read uh, fiction. I only read parts books. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, speaking of uh, only reading uh, parts books, uh, we, uh, you, myself, uh, the wonderful Jenna, and Eliza will be at uh, Overland Expo. Uh, the Pacific Northwest edition uh, up in uh, Bend, uh, Oregon, uh, in the second weekend in July. And so if you, happen, real soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you happen to be there and uh, you would like to uh, hang out, we will have stickers. Uh, we will have all kinds of stuff and uh, we are going to uh, try uh, to record a fireside episode or something. Maybe we'll do a live stream. We're uh, really uh, in the early stages of uh, planning, but uh, we'll try Steven
1: to will together. be making his world famous cinnamon scones
0: yeah absolute fireside cinnamon uh, scones uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be delicious yeah. and uh you know, where, uh, Piping a, hot,
1: family rep- recipe, yeah, 100% from scratch, homemade. Steven yeah. will have them there. No. So come on down and see us.
0: <laughs> no problem. It's going to be great. We're going to have uh, bottles of peri-peri sauce to give away uh, from our uh, official. Uh, we aren't going to bring the Freelander up because, A, there's no way it makes that journey. Um, but we will have another orange uh, Land Rover there. And uh, we'll have uh, a number of different cars from the, uh, from the Pangolin uh, stable, I'm sure. Store. and uh, yeah we will have a booth
1: on. Stephen will be having he will be bringing his tools if you have a problem with your vehicle yeah. he will fix it on site
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> just bring it by uh, you know drive it right through the middle of the show there and uh, park it up we're gonna do whatever you need welding do uh, you need something a bumper fabricated we're gonna do it's gonna be like that uh, it's gonna be like a discovery auto improvement show uh, it's gonna be like the property brothers but with your Land Rover that's what uh, that's it's gonna what be we great. Have planned yeah it's gonna be great so uh, looking forward Forward to that. Uh, As always, uh, feel free to uh, check out the Instagram, the Facebook, all of those sort of things. Head on over to theunderpoweredhour.com and get yourself a a t-shirt. We are restocking the yellow uh, Series 1 t-shirts as they are. They're so popular that we sold out very, very quickly. Dan over in the UK has also almost sold out of those shirts. So if you're interested in getting them, uh, you know, you should uh, pop on early and uh, we'll, uh, we'll let everybody know on Instagram when we have shirts sure available again here give us a couple weeks to restock those popular sizes however if you want a uh, 2x uh, an xl a 3x we have lots of those still so uh, feel free to grab them. and i would say you know they fit a little small just i'm just saying you might actually want an xl so you know if you're in the market. You can go ahead and get that. Uh, also stickers and uh, and everything else uh, available there. So uh, please uh, feel free to uh, check that out. And as always, uh, Tuesday coming up tomorrow, another Tip Top Tarp Tip, uh, which uh, have been uh, meted, met with uh, rave reviews. We've got more than a couple of inquiries on Tarp Pants, uh, which uh, currently we have no plans on productizing Tarp Pants. Um, but uh, you know, due to popular demand, we are going to post the making of Tarp Pants as uh, <laughs> I did shoot i did shoot jenna creating the tarp oh, pants, no. so we're gonna yeah we're gonna put a little a reel together there a zip tying ike into them and uh so look uh, look forward to that on an upcoming uh tarp tip episode uh and if you are not following uh jenna and liza at overland her uh as they prep for the rebel rally uh why not it's much better content than this uh and uh Tour you better. know they uh they're posting all kinds of new stuff there as they get ready uh for the race in october and uh we're gonna have them on the show again here pretty soon to talk about their prep and they will also be at overland expo uh, pacific northwest so if you uh, want to find out more about the rebel rally or what the rebel rally or what they're doing with uh, prepping the defender or prepping themselves or prepping ike and i for uh, them being away for that long i'm going to be very very sad signing so. autographs yeah, they're they'll be signing autographs uh, we will be facilitating this their signing of autograph holding things for them you know uh, getting them new sharpies as sharpies run out of ink uh, from uh, autographing you know whatever we can do
1: we will have you a know. tattoo gun on site yeah.
0: Yeah, I will only do chest tattoos though. That's my uh, that's that's thing. Meaning that I will have you sign my chest. So uh, any 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 anyone listening to the show interested, uh, please feel free. Come on up. Uh, I'll come on down Uh, to the
1: underpowered hour and give Steven a chest tattoo.
0: That's exactly right. That's right. Uh, We'll make you a bumper, and you can give me a chest tattoo. Anything for more Instagram followers. We will literally. We are the jackass of uh, of podcasting. So uh, no no problems there. Well, I uh, unfortunately because of all the chest tattooing uh, conversation we have uh, once again run out of time uh, for our official Perry Perry sponsor uh, nandos to uh, to uh, have uh, your review officially entered into the record Uh, but we hope to uh, make time for that in the future as always it has been uh, a pleasure and uh, we'll
1: uh, talk to you next week all right you're a gentleman and a scholar i'm looking forward to it
0: powered hour is produced by me steve barris and ike goss pavel svartov composed and performed our theme music consider supporting the show on patreon and if you already do thank you your support makes the show possible for even more check out our instagram or facebook